Good morning, church. Good morning. Buenos dias, iglesia. Buenos dias. Bonjour, iglesia. Good morning. Who's ready for some pizza? I started with a few different languages this morning. I'm really grateful I don't speak Dutch. <laughs> Could you imagine waking up every morning and telling your kids, Huda Marfin, Huda Marfin, Huda Marfin. I, I don't know, I just can't do it. <laughs> but I started out with multiple languages because social media is like learning an entirely different foreign language, at least for us believers. It's not just something that we hop on and just say whatever we want to say, whatever comes to the top of our mind, whatever we're feeling for the day. You know, they, they have these little prompts. It says, what's on your mind today? Or what are you thinking? Or what do you want to say? As a believer, we have to set a guard and not always share what's on our heart and what's on our mind and what we're really thinking because we have to engage with social media differently. We are carriers of the kingdom, church. We aren't just citizens of America, which is lovely. We are kingdom citizens. So we interact with social media in a different way. People should look at our social media and notice that there's something different about us than the people that's in the world. Can I get a good amen from everyone that's paying attention today? Now, before I move on to part two of social faith, I want to take a moment to make sure that you know you are invited next week on Resurrection Sunday. Thank you. We've got one person coming. Anyone else? Yeah, okay, good, a few. Um, we have these nice little cards that our graphic department produced for us, and they're invite cards, and they have the, I almost said the UPC code. It's not that. What is it, Greg? QR code. QR code. Yes. Sorry, I'm, I'm old. Uh, I'm, I'm older, and I just, just forgot that. Uh, the QR code... And so you can pass these around to your friends, to your family, to your neighbors. You can like give it with a really nice tip today at lunch. Leave this card if you go out to, I don't know, Olive Garden. Um, what are some other good restaurants? Torchies. Chick-fil-A is closed, unfortunately. What? Jack Allen's. Oh, yes, that's amazing. Anyone want to take me to Jack Allen's? You can. Uh, but you leave a tip. And then this card on the table. Now, please, if you're going to be cheap, don't leave this card. If you're going to tip cheap, don't leave this card. We should be known as a generous people, a gracious people. So you've got to, if you're going to leave a card, you've got to be extra generous because those servers deserve an extra generous tip from an extra generous church. But you can leave this there. How many of you would like a pack of 10, 10 of these to hand out? You don't have to have 10 friends. I know most of us don't. Uh, but just 10 connections that you hand these out to. Good. Our worship hosts are going to run and Pedro and any of our other leaders that want to help get these distributed quickly. I'm assuming that if your hand is not raised, either you don't have any friends or you plan to promote this on social media, which is a viable way to communicate 
next week's event. So you can share this on social media. Go to the Exchange Church um, Facebook page or website and share that online to get your friends here. Anyone want the cards here? Anyone not gotten to yet? Michael, you do? Okay, here you go. Thank you. stand. I think everyone's got their cards. Let's stand in honor of the reading of God's word today. Today is Palm Sunday. It is the Sunday prior to Resurrection Sunday. This would be the day that we acknowledge that Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a cult And uh, we're going to talk about that for a little bit today and what we can learn about social media from Jesus' entry into Jerusalem. I'm going to take you to the book of Luke, chapter 19. We're going to start with verse 28. And when he had said these things, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany, At the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a colt tied, on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? You shall say this, The Lord has need of it. Jump down to verse 36. And they brought it to Jesus, and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. As he was drawing near already on the way down from Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the religious leaders, the Pharisees, And the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. And when he drew near and saw the city, when Jesus drew near and saw the city, he wept over it. Would that you even you had known on this day the things that make for peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes, for the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you. And they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. The title of my sermon today is Virtual Reality. Father, we come before you today. I thank you for the opportunity to preach your word. God, your word is the superstar here today. I ask that you would allow us to sit at the table with an open heart just to receive whatever it is that Holy Spirit wants to speak to us individually, whatever it is that needs to shift in our life. God, we give you permission, and not just permission, we give you the invitation. In Jesus' name I pray. Let the church say, Amen.
Amen. Amen. Before you sit down, why don't you high five somebody, do a little fist bump and say, I'm glad to see you in church today. Then you may be seated. There is a series on Disney Plus. Anyone have Disney Plus? A few of us. Uh, there is a series that Michaela got Carrie and I to watch, and it's only, I think, six, seven, eight episodes, so it wasn't a huge time waster, but it was fascinating. And it starred uh, Chris Hemsworth. Is that a Hollywood? I'm just making sure. Now, Chris Hemsworth is otherwise known as Thor. Yeah, yeah, I know. We, he and I, we, they, people get us mixed up all the time. Well, I watched this. It's called Limitless. And if you have Disney Plus, if you can watch this you know, with a friend or whatever that has Disney Plus, it's so worth it. In Limitless, uh, Chris is basically challenging his body so that he can live longer. And he challenges and grows all, all things like his memory, his strength, his resilience, he shocks his body uh, with cold water. He, he tests it and goes beyond the limits. He's trying to live limitless. And it's really, really a good show. I can't recommend it enough. There's one episode that's my favorite. And it's in the beginning, and he's trying to go up this tower, this skyscraper, and he's got to walk out on a crane. Anyone that's seen this? He walks out on the crane of the skyscraper, um, and he's tied, of course, and he's not going to get hurt, but that's pretty, pretty, uh, what's the word? What? Terrifying. Yeah, exactly. And so they have, to, they have to build Chris up on this, and so they do this virtual reality walk. And so they get Chris some VR glasses, and it shows the tower, and he's in this room. It's just a big open room, and he's walking on a plank, a two-by-four, that's literally two or three inches off the ground, but it shows what he's seen in VR. And so he has the sensation of going up on the elevator. He then steps on the two by four and he has the sensation and they're measuring his heart rate. They're measuring his breathing. They're measuring his perspiration and his body is physically responding to the stimuli of the VR as if he's 25 stories high walking out on the crane. So he takes off the VR glasses and he's like, well, that's amazing. That's, that's crazy. And his two buddies are there with them. And he gets one of his friends to do that also. This is my favorite part. His friend puts on the VR glasses. He rides up the elevator, steps out on the two by four. And he's really terrified of heights. And you can just see his body shaking. And it just looks so ridiculous, you know, because he's like two inches off the ground. And he's like this the whole time shaking. And Chris sneaks over to his friend and he pushes him. I know, I know, it's so wrong. And his, his friend falls to the ground, throws off the glasses and screams, oh, it really felt like I fell. Like he was writhing in pain as if he had just fallen 25 stories and his, his entire body bought into the fact that he had fallen. He lost his stomach and all of that. Virtual reality is powerful, isn't it? 
I, I think it's, this is a side note, by the way. In the 90s, we always told our kids to move away from the TV or you're going to hurt your eyes. Now, virtual reality is this. What? Someone lied to me. You can sit as close as you want to the TV, apparently, I guess. Virtual reality isn't ra- reality, but it impacts reality. Huh. It's funny watching them stand two inches off the ground and seeing their heart rate climb and seeing his friend shiver and shake with nerves. Virtual reality isn't real reality, but it impacts our current reality. And social media is a lot like virtual reality. It is a whole other world in itself, but it impacts this world. Social media impacts your world. Now, I asked you last week, how many of you are on social media? Let's do that test again. How many of you are on social media? Raise your hand high and proud. Come on, you were proud Friday night when you posted that garbage. Raise your hand. (laughs) How many of you are not on social media? Okay, this is where the real proud people are. I am not on social media. Okay, that's fine. Everyone in the room is impacted by social media. Whether you have an account or not, your life has been impacted by social media. Can I prove it, Stephen? I know you, you just feel like it is imperviable. You, you, social media can't get to you. I'm going to say two words. Toilet paper. In 2020, there was a toilet paper shortage driven by none other than social media. Some of you were racing around town not having logging credentials of social media, but we're trying to find toilet paper because the virtual reality of social media impacted your current reality in the bathroom. Can I get an amen? How many of you now have boxes of toilet paper in the garage? (laughs) Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Everyone's impacted by social media. And maybe you're not on Facebook. Maybe you're not on Instagram. Maybe you're not on Twitter. Are you on YouTube? Do you watch any YouTube videos? Do you watch any of those newscasts with the news background and makes it look like legit news, but you actually don't know where that's filmed? You are impacted by social media. Do you ever just go to your phone and hit news, the BuzzFeed, and you get all of these articles about the dogs and the puppies who saved the kitten's life, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and you are just enamored by the news that comes onto your phone? Guess what? That is socially engineered. You are impacted by social media. Everyone is impacted by social media. So here's what I want to look at as your pastor today. I want to look at the three social shifts that have happened in society because of social media. Can we go there today? There are social shifts, and if we are kingdom-minded, we need to be aware of the social shifts so we can stay on target with where God has us going today. Point number one. The first social shift of social media is this. We've lost the art of reading the room.
Palm Sunday. Jesus was riding into Jerusalem. They're sing, singing and shouting Hosanna. They're celebrating him. It should be a time of like a victory lap. It should be a time of the parade wave. Yet Jesus wept. He cried because he saw beyond the veneer of what all of these people were doing and he saw the future of Jerusalem. Jesus could read the room. It didn't matter if the lights were just right, the music was just right, if everyone dressed just right. Jesus could see beyond the facade. He could see beyond the mask and he could read the room. He could read your heart. He can read your family. He can read your finances. He can read where you're at spiritually. Jesus can read the room. And I'm not blaming social media for this, but I think it's assisted in the demise of us being able to read the room. But I'm shocked at the number of people today that simply can't read the room. You walk into an environment, you walk into a store or a place, or you hear about a situation, and you react immediately rather than taking a pause. There's so much power in a pause. Rather than just seeing the stimuli out in the world or hearing of an event or the thing, the tragedy, whatever it is, and immediately responding, just pause and read the room. How can you as a kingdom builder, how can you as a, an ambassador of Jesus Christ actually step into a crisis and make it better rather than grabbing the gasoline and throwing it on the fire to make the flames go even higher? Read the room. Napoleon was asked if he enjoyed the people's enthusiastic greetings when he came around. And his reply was this, should circumstances change, the people would just as enthusiastically watch me die. And that's true in the life of Jesus. When a hero, God even, the Son of God, comes on the scene, people give him all the praise and all the glory, yet when they don't get what they want from God, suddenly, in a matter of days, they're now shouting, crucify him. It goes from Hosanna in the highest to crucify him. And if that doesn't describe the life cycle of social media, I don't know what does. People love you, people hate you. You put a post that you think is cute and suddenly it's turned political. And you didn't mean that, or maybe you did. It's up one day and down the other. This is the life cycle of social media. And social media has engineered or at least assisted in engineering a very reactive society rather than a strategic one. We're all reactive rather than stepping into a strategy mindset. We know really well how to force ourselves on others but we've lost the skill of dancing with them. This thing that makes us human, this thing that makes us created in the image of God, this thing that allows us to be in fellowship and community with one another, we've lost that. And communication has increasingly become more difficult and more distant. Now, if you're my age or older, I don't know what, what generation is my age. I'm a Gen X. Gen X, that's right. I'm not a, a, what's the older one? Boomer? 
Boomers, we love boomers. Boomers are the, the wisdom in our council. We love and honor boomers. I'm just not one. Yet, I will be soon. Someone called me the other day a raisinette, and I said no. Not a raisinette, yet. I will be just not yet. I'm a, I'm a Gen X. I don't even know what a raisinette is, but they called me that. I assume because of the gray hair. But if you're Gen X or older, you remember a time when you would send out invitations to a party and people would RSVP. <laughs> this is not in my notes, but no one RSVPs anymore. I, that is so frustrating, but that's another sermon. I'm going to make a note. I'm going to preach a sermon on RSVP. <laughs> But you would send out these cards and people would RSVP and then all of these people would show up to your home at a certain time and you would have like yelled at the kids to clean house and everybody got into an argument. But the moment that doorbell rings, you're like, smile, kids. This is how we live every day. We live in this clean house. It never gets dirty. And you open the door and you're like, oh, welcome. And they're like, oh, your house is so beautiful. And you're like, oh, thanks. Thank you. We woke up like this. You know. But the days of gathering are kind of over. The days of when someone offends you, you inviting them out to coffee and sitting across the table and having a heart-to-heart, those days are over. Communication continues to get more and more distant. We move from gathering around the living room to then email and then phone calls, brief phone calls. We move to answering machines. You would call people and pray that the answering machine would pick it up so you could just leave a brief message and not get caught on the phone with them for a very long time. Do you know what I'm saying? We did that. And then texting came out. And I remember when texting came out, I said very emphatically, this will never catch on. No one is going to want to text. This is ridiculous when you can just pick up the phone and call someone. Why would you type a message? Now my phone rings and I'm like, did they text me first? I don't answer. If it's important, they'll text. We've now shifted to texting and our communication gap continues to grow further and further apart. No wonder it's hard to read the room. How can I read a room when I can't even read you? How can I read you when I can't even read my own heart? We just got out of a series on knowing your own heart. We are so disconnected from ourselves, from others, from God. Of course we can't read the room. And I certainly can't read the room for your benefit. I've just got to try to read the room to preserve mine. We've lost the art of reading the room, but Jesus knew how to read the room. He wept over the city. He didn't weep because he was about to be crucified. He didn't weep because it was a pity party. He wasn't looking towards personal pain. He sees the bigger picture. He was able to read the room. He was able to look beyond the accolades and the celebration and know that these People are very far from the Messiah. These people are going to die. These people are going to be blinded in a matter of days. He's able to look beyond the celebration and grieve the loss of the hearts of these people. Can you read the room?
Can you read the room right now? Can you read what God is trying to do on your row? Can you read what God is trying to do in your heart right now? Can we just take a moment and read the room? The struggles you've been experiencing, the pain you've been feeling, the grind, the hustle that you've been going through and never seeing the ends meet. Rather than letting circumstances dictate your emotions and your heart, can you just read the room and find Jesus right now? Can you find what God is trying to do in you through the situation that you're currently in? The second social shift, we've elevated our position over people. I do believe that social media is great. I love social media. I'm happier on it now that I know how to have self-control and manage myself and lead myself in social media, engage in the proper algorithms to where I'm actually trying to share my joy and my accomplishments and my values and my hopes and my dreams rather than tear down all of yours. I enjoy social media, but one thing I do know, if we're not careful, we start to elevate our position over people. Most people only go online to be heard, not to understand or to be understood. When it comes to social media, there's a great deal of communication happening, yet not enough at the same time. We miss so many things when we create a post. You know, posts aren't the dangerous things. The dangerous things are the comments. Like, the more the deeper you go in the comments, the more dangerous it becomes. And what happens is we lose a lot of the nonverbal cues. So if I'm talking to you and I'm just playing around, you're going to know by my bushy eyebrows. You're going to know by me like bouncing around and all excited. And you're going to know by the tone. But if I say the same thing in a comment, you might actually get your feelings hurt. We miss a whole lot of context in social media. And this can be detrimental to our conversations and can ultimately impact how we treat other people. We have to value people over our position. What is our position it's what you feel on things, what you believe, how you lean. Some people lean right, some people lean left, some people don't lean. I get it. But you got, you got to be careful, and no matter how you lean, you got to value people over position. There is actually a way to communicate the truth of God's word in a way that is just flowing with the grace of God. We forget that Jesus did both. He was full of grace and full of truth. If you're only full of truth, it's like having surgery without anesthesia. If you're only full of grace, it's like having a cheerleader team without a football team. What's the point? We need both grace and truth. We've elevated our position over people. And we really do love to hear our own opinions, don't we? Is that just me? We, we love to hear our own opinions on social media. And, and social media, by the way, has given everyone a platform. Every, every crazy living human thing has a platform on social media. You can even start a YouTube channel and have 
no idea what's going on in the world and present your ideas as if it's fact. I must be passionate because I'm going up into a soprano. <laughs> Before social media, you actually had to have good ideas to get heard. You actually had to have influence to have people want to sit at a table with you. You actually had to be kind to someone. Now everybody, everybody has a free audience. And, and let me just tell you, um, good comedians don't perform for free. That's pretty deep. But when everybody has a free audience, the comedy is trash. But I've matured a little bit. I, I no longer feel like it's my mission in life to correct people when they say something ridiculous. I, I'm not going to lose my peace trying to be the dummy police. Mm-mm, get somebody else to do it. That is not going to be me. People are going to say something ridiculous. I don't care. I'm following the 1728 rule. Proverbs 17:28 says, "Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent." Sometimes it's better to refrain from engaging certain topics, conversations, and discussions so that we can keep our witness pure. Listen, there are some conversations that should only happen over coffee or bubble tea. Not online. I, I guarantee if, if there's anything that, I, maybe I said this last week, if your post can start with, I just have to get this off my chest, grab a journal. And if it's about someone, rather than be passive-aggressive, Invite them out to coffee like we used to do back in the 80s, back in the 90s. I found a lot of freedom in social media over the last few years. I don't know if it would be called freedom or just maturity now that I'm becoming a raisinette. But I'm learning that instead of trying to get everyone to think like me, to be like me, to act like me, talk like me, walk like me, I'm learning just to try to give them the best of me. It just shifts the dynamic of the relationships. Ephesians 4.29 says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. I just wonder if we were to scroll through our post, how many of our posts are there to benefit those who are reading? To benefit those who are listening? Is it encouraging enough that somebody's going to leave our tweets, leave our post, leave our Instagram story, whatever it is, are they going to walk away better because of it? Because that's what we're called to do in Ephesians 4, 
29. And let me just throw this out here for good measure. You don't have to pay for this. Election year is coming up. 2024. And because election year is coming up, the overall consensus out there, out there, out there, is to rally the troops, batten down the hatches, and fortify the camps. Let's get everybody who leans one way or another, let's get them solidified in the camp, and we need to get their vote, and we need to make the other side look bad. I just, out there, that's the strategy. In here, it looks different. Come on, church. I'm not talking to the right wing or the left wing. I'm talking to the whole bird this morning. We need to understand that we are on mission and elections will not take us off mission. You vote for whoever you feel God is telling you to vote for. You pray about it. You line it up with the word. You do you. At the end of the election, I'm still going to be there for you no matter who's president. And you can still be there by me by offering to take me to Jack Allen's kitchen. Because I value people over position. I really do. I I value you more than if my candidate gets in office. I value you more than if the school board I want in gets in. Now, I understand all of these things are are significant things. I don't want to minimize your votes, okay? I don't want to minimize your position. I'm not minimizing your position at all. I'm only elevating people above your position. So you keep your position wherever it is. I'm not asking you to squash it. I'm just asking you to elevate people over it. You know, the thing about social media is those posts continue to work for you even when you're sleeping. You know, residual income Some of us trade our time for money. Others like residual income and you do things like you buy homes and you have real estate and then you rent that out and you're making money even when you're not having to clock in, right? That's called residual income. That's a great way to make money. A little bit of financial advice for you today. Um, Your post is providing residual income. There are people when you are sleeping, looking at your post, making a judgment on what kind of character you have making a judgment on if they can trust you with the secrets of their heart or not. Making a judgment if you live what you believe and you're somebody that they can lean into. If you're someone that they actually want to be like, they're scrolling through your post. So our communication has to be on point. We have to value people over position. My last point today We're losing the skill of true community. Jesus wept because they missed the hour of his visitation. They missed the whole point. I wonder how many of us are missing the whole point of social media. It actually can be leveraged for your good. I have family in Tennessee, I have family in Australia. I have family in Florida. I have family. About the only place I don't have family is Arkansas. Right? 
None of my family wants to move to Arkansas. I don't blame them. The roads are trash. If you're from Arkansas, I do apologize. If you're offended right now, let me know. I'll take you out for some bubble tea. I forgot my point, Jordan. I got off on bubble tea and roads that are trash, and I forgot my point. Oh, oh, they missed the point. Yeah, so social media. I missed the point, clearly, clearly. Social media is a gateway to community. It's not meant to be your source of community. We need more face-to-face time in our homes rather than faces in our phones. Forming relationships and maintaining relationships. Oh, that's where I was going with this. I have family in Tennessee. I have family (laughs) everywhere but Arkansas. And I, I love the fact that I can connect with all of my family from around the world and see these sweet moments and see Luca grow up and River and Rumi grow up in Australia. I, I love that. But if we're only relying on social media connections, then that's distorting our perception and understanding of true community. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says, Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Hebrews 10.24 says that when you and I come together, when we gather together face to face, we get better. I encourage you to be better. You encourage me to be better. And it's not about a performance. It's not about putting on a show. More life develops inside of me when I'm around you. And I hope that more life develops inside of you when you're around me. Because that's the purpose of community. Proverbs 18.1 says that people who isolate themselves seek their own desires and quarrel against all sound wisdom. In order to be truly known and seen and loved and valued, we need real relationships in real space and real time. I love that you have 5,000 followers. I love, I love that you have so much influence. But what are you doing with your face-to-face time Have we substituted being legendary online for being legendary in purpose, in person? Have we substituted the accolades of social media rather than just serving someone in real time? I'm going to ask you to stand. You know, if someone 
rebukes me online. Well, it just happens. I, I can and you can have the potential to be passive aggressive. And before you respond, you figure out this perfect, you know, very polished response to really show them that you're right. Anyone do that or just me? Just me. All right. Well, that was the old me. The problem with the polished response is that it doesn't reveal my heart. It doesn't draw me closer into relationship with myself, with others, and with God. The problem with online friendships is when it it gets tough, it's really easy to sever the relationship with a click of the button, with the close of the laptop. I can just walk away because I don't see it. It's not there. The beauty of community is that if you mess up or I mess up, we have the opportunity to call each other on it. We have the opportunity for iron to sharpen iron. And guess what? At the Exchange Church, we don't run away offended. We understand that relationship sometimes hurts. Growing sometimes hurts. But we can't experience all that God has for us without true community. So you're here today. I want to pray for you. I think, yeah, I just, I'll I'll say a quick prayer. If you're here this morning and you have somehow been wounded by social media, either by your own doing or someone else, there's, you've just been wounded by social media. Will you just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for this morning? I want to just pray healing. Good. One, two, three, four, five. Anyone else? Okay, see that? See that? Thank you. Father, in the name of Jesus, every person that was bold enough just to admit that they've been wounded by social media, the way they've engaged with it or the way it has engaged with them, God, I ask that you would just shift their perspective to see social media as a tool that you have authorized them to participate in as a source of life from you to our community. God, I ask that you would just bring healing to our hearts, any wounds that we have, any confusion that is stirred in us, any loss of hope toward humanity that has been rooted and planted in our soul. God, we just give that to you today. And God, we repent. We repent for not setting a guard over our mind, over our hearts, over our mouths, over our hands, and anything that we have contributed to that, we repent. We ask that you would forgive us of that. If there's anyone in the room this morning or watching online, just sense a call to come home. You sense a call to follow Jesus this morning from a sermon on social media. You just sense that the Holy Spirit is moving on your heart. You're ready to say yes to Jesus this morning. If that's you, if you're ready to make Jesus the Lord of your life, 
And all that really means, it doesn't mean you have to be perfect. It doesn't even mean you have to go delete your social media post. It just means you have to acknowledge that he's the Lord of your life, that he's the son of God, that Jesus is God, that he died on a cross, that he was buried in the grave and he rose again, according to the scripture. If you're ready to say yes to Jesus, will you just wave at me so I know who I'm praying for? Thank you. If you're watching online, you're ready to say yes to Jesus, just place your hand on your heart right now. And let's repeat this prayer. There's no formula. There's no magic words. Church, will you repeat this after me? Say, Father, I know that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God who gave his life on Calvary to cover my sins. I believe that he was buried in a grave and rose again on the third day. From this moment forward, I surrender my life to you. I don't know what that means. I don't know what it looks like, but I'm just saying yes to you today. In Jesus' name. If you said yes to Jesus, will you text NEXT, N-E-X-T, to 512-980-1220. Church, can we celebrate the decisions for Jesus this morning? Awesome. If you did not get your Easter invite cards, feel free to check out at the information desk. We want to see you and your friends and your families and maybe your pets next Sunday, 1030 a.m., God bless you. Take what you received in here and go give it to someone out there. God bless you.